Welcome to the Life Podcast. We're so glad that you're joining us for another hope-filled message. We pray that you're encouraged by this powerful word from our Sunday service. Well, we are in week two of a series all about joy. And uh, last week, Pastor Luke kicked it off with a whole message about joy activators, gratitude. Come on, are you grateful for something? Generosity and guidance. If you missed that message, jump online. You can check it out on our podcast. But I believe this is a significant message for our time in history. Because our generation has bought into a big, fat lie. And that lie is that our greatest pursuit is a pursuit of happiness. So many people leave jobs, leave marriages, leave long-term relationships because they just don't feel happy anymore. And we've bought into this lie that it's my right and it's God's will that I always feel happy. And can I tell you that although there is some of the same emotional response between joy and happiness, they couldn't be further apart. And if we live a life that is in pursuit of happiness and our goal is happiness, now hear me, there's nothing wrong with happiness. I would rather be happy than the, option, than the other options. I, I want that. I want happiness. But my greatest goal is not happiness because if my greatest goal is happiness, happiness is based on happenings. It's based on what's going on around us. And can I tell you that happiness is a cheap counterfeit for what God's will for your life is. And God's will for your life is not that you would feel happy from a dopamine hit, but you would live with a deep sense of joy regardless of circumstance. That you would be an 11-year-old boy in the middle of the rain serving the Lord saying, I am pumped to be here, not because circumstance is great, but because I carry the joy of the Lord. Let, let Let me illustrate it this way. Here's some common questions that we get asked and that we ask ourselves. Are you happily married? Well, most of the time. If you had to ask my wife last week, was she happily married after I'd given her the flu? We went on a holiday after a big season. I ended up with a stomach bug. Was two weeks, two days in bed on our holiday. Are you happily married? Not right now. Are you joyfully married? 100% of the time. Are you happily employed? I'm going to look this way because my boss is that way. Block your ears real quick, bud. Are you happily employed? Uh, 60% of the time. Honestly, I don't like about 40% of what I do. You think I like having tough conversations? Do you think I like... I don't like that stuff. Are you, are you happily employed? Nah, 60, 40. During COVID, 90, 10. Ninety percent, I hated it, just so you knew which way that was. In case there were any questions, let me clear it up. Are you joyfully employed? 100% of the time. Because I love the team I work with. I love that we get to help people. I love I'm part of what we're a part of. I'm 100% joyfully employed. Are you a happy parent? Depends on age and stage. I reckon between about one years old and four years old. No. Come on. Or you with bags under your eyes? I know who you are. I got you. (laughs) Am I joyful in my parenting? Man, 
I can't find more joy than to be entrusted with a life to set up for the purposes and the plans of God. Not happy all the time. Happiness is based on the enjoyment of circumstance. Whereas joy is discovered in the person of Jesus who was the same yesterday, today, and forever. In your, on your worst day, he is the same. In sickness, he is the same. In health, he is the same. Joy is based in a person and a promise, not a circumstance that is like candy floss. You ever drink, is that what's called candy floss here, or cotton candy? When you go to the fair, you get that cotton candy. Man, it looks amazing. Man, it's, I've, we were uh, down the viaduct the other day. They were giving out candy floss. This little girl had a candy floss twice the size of her head. She's walking around like this. I'm like, I don't know how you're going to trip over because all I could see was this walking candy floss coming towards me. But the minute you get into your mouth, it's gone because there's no substance. I was reading an article this week called The Dopamine Nation. Do you know that we are addicted to dopamine? Dopamine is that chemical your brain releases every time you have a feeling of happiness. The problem with it is as soon as the experience is gone, the dopamine is gone and the happiness is gone. You know why we've got a generation addicted to social media? Oh, let me get on this bandwagon. <laughs> hey, I genuinely pray for parents who are raising kids in this generation. Because social media is a great tool, but a wicked master. Do you know that every time you get a like on social media, you get a dopamine hit? Every time someone friends you on social media, you get a dopamine hit. So in a world that's going crazy and in a world that where media, all they talk about is negativity, no wonder we've got a whole generation that is glued to their screen because they can get a dopamine hit real easy and feel happy. Let's train a generation. Happiness is not your goal. The joy of the Lord is your goal. And regardless of circumstance, you can have a joy that can push through anything because it's not based on what's going on around. It's based on what is happening internally. Philippians chapter 4, verse 4 says this, always. Side note, when the apostle Paul wrote this, he was writing to the church in Philippi who was under persecution and he was in jail. Hello? He was in jail and he wrote this, always be full of the joy of the Lord in prison while I'm sick. Well, my husband, after a big season, took me away. This is for you, babe. Well, my husband took me away for a holiday and then lay in bed for two days. Always be full of the joy of the Lord. Again, I say it, rejoice. I wonder if Paul's trying to tell us something here. That joy is greater than happiness but the enemy is after your joy. I wonder how many people today are in a proverbial prison and you need to hear the words of the apostle. Again, rejoice. You used to have joy, but today rejoice. Make a choice to anchor your joy in the person of Jesus, not the circumstance. Or, yeah, but when we go to level green, then I'll be happy. No, wrong answer, because Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. When my kid gets through their terrible twos, then I'll be happy. No, wrong answer, because Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. You can have joy regardless of circumstance. And when you have joy regardless of circumstance, 
dance. The enemy has lost one of his greatest tools because you can walk into the future with this confidence. A byproduct of joy is confidence and courage. Some people are going to get their confidence and courage back today. You know, John, Ma- John Meyer, Mayer, John Mayer, Meyer. Cultural moment right there. John Mayer, Mayer. John the musician was in an interview once and he made this amazing statement. He said this, I find it crazy that some celebrities will spend millions of dollars on state-of-the-art security systems to protect them, but will let one comment from social media from a person they don't even know steal their joy. The enemy's after your joy. Once we do what Pastor Luke said last week and we activate joy, we've got to learn to guard our joy. We've got to be on guard around our joy that nothing's going to steal our joy because the enemy is after your joy. Once she gets your joy, you start thinking different, you start acting different, you start making different decisions based on getting happiness back. Friend, don't go after happiness. It's cotton candy. Go after joy. There is substance and strength in joy because circumstance cannot steal it. About 15 years ago, I started seeing a counselor for the first time. I was going through this whole journey of how do I reconcile where I am now and the upbringing I came from. For those of you who don't know, I came from a pretty dysfunctional home where at about the age of 18, I stopped having any kind of significant relationship with my father. He just would drop off the planet for four to eight years at a time, wouldn't call, wouldn't email, wouldn't anything, and then out of the blue would call me like nothing had ever happened. Went to a counselor to start to unpack it, and I remember it like it was yesterday. I'm sitting in the counselor's office. I'm like, how can I be stable? How can I have this internal stability when at any moment he could come in and rock the boat and ask questions that I'm not ready for but not answer questions that I need asked? answered she said to me and I'm quoting your joy and contentment is not dependent on everyone else being okay but your discovery of something that doesn't move I've discovered something that doesn't move and doesn't change. His name is Jesus. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Joy is not based on circumstance. Joy is based on a person. I don't think the idea of stolen joy is just something celebrities need to worry about. I think it's a human condition. And I think we need to learn how to guard our joy. And I think the Apostle Paul in Philippians chapter four is giving us a blueprint on how to guard our joy. So Philippians chapter four, verse four through nine. Remember, he's writing this in prison. The Apostle Paul says this, always be full of the joy of the Lord. Again, I say it, rejoice. Tauranga, rejoice. Locals, rejoice. If you're at at home fighting flu-like symptoms, rejoice. Again, I say it, Rejoice. Let everyone see that you are considerate in all you do. Remember the Lord is coming soon. Do not worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Listen to me. Tell God what you need. Not Facebook. If you just blurt all over Facebook, it's a dopamine hit. I feel better. 
And then you are driven to go back and look. How many people are commenting? How many people are accepting? How many people are agreeing? How many people are, there's a better way. Tell the Lord what you need and thank him for all he's done. How many know, even on my worst day, Jesus still went to the cross and gave his life and forgave my sin. He has still done a lot, even on my worst day. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. Then his peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your eyes on what is true. That word fix is an active word. Not, I hope I find something. No, no, no. I'm going to decide to fix my eyes on what is true. I'm going to anchor myself in the Word of God. I'm going to wake up and not look at my phone. I'm not going to look at news. I am not going to look at the NZ Herald. I am not going to, I am going to look to the Word of God because I'm going to fix my eyes on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about these things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Keep putting into practice all you have learned and received from me, everything you have heard from me and saw me doing. Then the peace of God will be with you. So how do I guard my joy? What's, what's the Apostle Paul saying here? I believe guarding your joy, number one, you guard your joy through right praying. Philippians 4 verse 6, do not worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. I ask myself this question a lot. What does my prayer life look like? Is it just a shopping list? God, I need this and I need this and I need this and this is broken and I need breakthrough here. And I need None of that is wrong because God is interested. But if all my prayer life is about the things I don't have, then I'm training myself to focus on the things that I don't have. Why don't you go, God, I am first gonna thank you for what you have done. Thank you for my life. Thank you for my church. Thank you for our country. Thank you for the air I breathe. Thank you for your son, Jesus. Thank you for the peace that is available. Thank you, thank you, thank you. When I begin to thank him, for what he's already done. It postures me in a place of joy because the same God that did that is the same God that's working in that. And all of a sudden, right praying protects and guards my joy. Do you know Jesus modeled right praying for us? Do you know that right after he fed the 5,000, how many know that was a big effort? Now, I'm not Jesus, but he did say greater things we would do than he did. There's about, I don't know, maybe a thousand people in here today. If you told me, here's two loaves and five fish, feed everyone. I'd be like, do it yourself. Do you know that after he fed 5,000, Mark chapter 6, immediately Jesus and the disciples got into the boat. Verse 46, after leaving them, he went up the mountainside and he prayed. He prayed. If the Son of God needs to pray, maybe we need to pray. Do you know that before making important decisions, Jesus prayed? The Bible says in Luke chapter 12 that before he appointed the disciples, he said, that the Bible says that Jesus went out into the mountainside and prayed, then he came back and appointed the disciples. What's your pattern before a big decision? What's my pattern? I'll tell you what my natural pattern is, worry. 
get out a sheet, pros and cons. I'm a big buckets guy. If I think in this bucket, here's the positives. If I think in this bucket, here's the negatives. And we kind of weigh some stuff out. And uh, What's your pattern? Because Jesus said, a big decision doesn't have to steal your joy. Pray. What about in times of distress? Before Jesus went to the cross, you find him not at the pub. Just need a few schooners to loosen up. We laugh. We laugh. But how many times have we said, I need to go and have a few beers. I need to, maybe beer's not your thing. I need to go and escape into something to de-stress. Where do you find Jesus? In the garden. God. Pastor Luke talked about it last week. Who for the joy set before him. He didn't escape from it. He lent into joy. Jesus had joy before him as he went to the cross. What's my problem? We've got to guard our joy. We've got to guard it because it's the thing that will get us through. You know what right praying is like? Right praying is about being with Jesus, which is the foundation of everything. If I can just get with Jesus, joy. If I can just get with Jesus, confidence. If I can just get with Jesus, perspective. If I can just get with Jesus, then I'll begin to see my little blessing child who is wayward the way God sees them. And I can begin to create a pathway, not out of fear that they're going the wrong way, but out of revelation of who God called them. If I can just be with Jesus. So how do we guard our joy? Number one, right praying. Number two, right thinking. Verse eight says this. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true. Craig Rochelle says this, your life is always moving in the direction of your strongest thought. Romans 12, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed. Why? But how? By circumstance changing? No. By being out of prison? No. By the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what is God's will, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. If I can control what is going on in my mind with right thinking, then the enemy cannot steal my joy. If you look at Pastor Paul right now and get five minutes with him, you will see that the greatest battle going on is not just a battle in his body, but a battle in his mind to say, God, we're going to find out what you're doing in this, and I'm getting on board with it, because right thinking will guard your joy. What's the pattern of this world? Negativity? Fear? Ooh, 4,000 cases yesterday. Omicron variant, BJZKLMP. It's going to make your ear fall off and your hair fall out. Come on, what's the pattern of this world? Insecurity. I've watched Amanda. <coughs> when I first married Amanda, you, you wouldn't know this today if you met her. When I first married Amanda, she was so insecure, she wouldn't order from the waiter. We'd be at a restaurant. She's like, can you order me the chicken? I thought it was real cute when we started dating. I'm the man. I'll guard you from the bully and order your chicken. Easy wins. Easy wins. 
after about six months, I'm like, order your own flipping chicken. <laughs> Honestly, got so sick of it. She's like, can you order my chicken? I'm like, no, nah, order it or hung, go hungry. <laughs> I know, I'm a mongrel, I know. But now she's strong and secure. And... But I've watched this lady for two decades, most mornings, recite scripture. Renew her mind. Not get on to Ed Milet, who was a confidence coach, and no, 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 scripture, renew. Friend, what are you renewing your mind with? Because renewing of the mind is all about being like Jesus. When I can think like Jesus, when I can grow in the fruits of the Spirit, my joy is guarded. No one's gonna steal my joy when I can be like Jesus. So guarding joy is about right praying, right thinking, and thirdly, right living. Philippians 4, keep putting into practice all that you have learned from me. You know, some of the most beneficial things you can do are not spiritual. Man, I'm struggling with my thought pattern. What time are you going to bed? What are you consuming? Man, did you hear? Did you hear this week? Someone leaked some information? And all of a sudden, the trajectory of our conversation. Man, did you hear God is still on the throne? Did you hear that he is still building his church? Did you hear that he is still the same yesterday, today, and forever? Did you hear? My family's not good. Stealing my joy. What time are you getting home from work? Kids are in bed. What do you do on Saturday? Sleep all day. I'm exhausted. Maybe you need to prioritize some family time. The gospel is both very spiritual and very practical. My finances, man, they're a mess. Awesome. What's the pattern of your finances? Do you spend more than you earn? Earning plus spending equals how well your finances are going. Are you living according to a pattern? I've got a good pattern for you. 10, 10, 10, 70. Tithe 10, seed 10, save 10, spend 70. Live right. God has given us patterns so that we can guard our joy. You know what living right is? Living right is all about doing what Jesus did. You want to guard your joy? Here's my whole message. You want to guard your joy? Pray right. Think right. Live right. Here's another way of putting it. Guarding your joy is about being with Jesus, being like Jesus, and doing what Jesus did. If we can just live a life that is patterned and modeled after the person of Jesus, if we can be apprentices of how Jesus lived, then our joy won't be stolen because Jesus himself Right before, anyone been to the cross recently? Didn't think so. Right before he went to the cross, 
who for the joy set before him endured, pushed through, and is now living in the benefit of it. Friend, God doesn't want you just to be happy. He wants you to be full of joy. Because the psalmist says, the joy of the Lord is my strength. How do I get the joy of the Lord? In His presence, there is fullness, Lamentation says. In His presence, there is fullness of joy. You know what presence speaks of? Proximity. Speaks of relationship. Friend, you've got a God who created you, who didn't just send you into the wild yonder saying, have a good time, I'll see you when you die. There is a God in heaven who created you. And the Bible says that before you were even born, he knew every day that he had planned and purposed for you. And he knew everything that he wanted you to do. And he knew why he created you. You might not, you might not like your personality, but God created you with that personality perfectly aligned to the purpose that he created you for. When you discover your purpose, you discover why you're wired. And the only way to discover that is not a Gallup strength test, is not something that man has made. All those things are great and they're great tools, but ultimately they are birthed out of knowing the God who created you, the God who designed you. In Psalms it says, He knit you together in your mother's womb. Friend, do you know the giver of joy? Do you know the one who wants to walk with you and journey with you? Do you know the one who loves you and has a purpose and a plan for you? Because the first step in discovering a life full of the joy of the Lord is to connect to the Lord himself. And if I could open up heaven, you would see a God who is desperate for relationship with you. In fact, he gave everything to create a pathway between a disconnected life from him and a life in relationship with him. And that pathway has a name. His name is Jesus. And friend, whether you're in a local, whether you're in Todonga, God loves you and God is for you. God wants a relationship with you. And if you've never connected to God, never opened your heart, say, God, here I am. And the Bible says, with one decision, you can know what it is to have an answer for anything that is separating you from God. Be forgiven. The slate wiped clean. A fresh start in a relationship with the God who created you. If you've never opened your heart to God, you've never connected to Him, friend, the foundation of joy is a relationship with Him. Thanks for listening to this podcast. We trust that you were encouraged by this powerful message. You always have a place to call home here at Life. And we invite you to join us for our Sunday services at any of our Auckland campuses. If you're not in Auckland, then check us out, Church Online, wherever you are in the world. Just head to lifenz.org or download the Life app to stay connected and find out more.